us in this room within our church. God, as we go through today, we just ask that you allow us to surrender ourselves to you today. We ask that you would open our ears so that we, we may hear your voice. Open our minds so we can receive your eternal wisdom. God, we ask that you fill us all with the Holy Spirit today, Lord Jesus. I ask that any person in this room right now, Lord God, that they just, they praise you. They thank you for everything. Lord God, as we just continue to move forward and build spiritually, Lord God. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our Savior's Church. On behalf of our pastors and staff, Thank you for being here. My name's Cole, and I serve on the media uh, dream team. A lot of y'all know that here at Our Savior's Church, we're all about reaching people and building lives. We're just happy that each and every single one of you are here. If you're new here in OSC, we ask that you please fill out a connect card. You can find that on the seat in front of you. You can put down a little bit of information. If you want us to contact you, just write down your home phone, cell phone. If you can cook a good cheesecake, you can write down your home address and I'll come sit down personally with you. But look, we're all about helping you on your spiritual journey. And at our Savior's Church, that's to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. So, with that being said, Let's take 60 seconds. We don't like anybody sitting next to a stranger. Let's greet those around you, if you don't mind. Happy New, Year. Happy New Year. Good to see you on the first Sunday of 2020. Come on. You made the right decision. Give yourself a big hand this morning. My challenge towards the end of the year is to 
is, is, was, was this, was that what would your life be like if you committed to 52 Sundays out of the year? If you and your families wrote it in your calendar, I will be at church for 52 Sundays this year. And that's been the challenge. How would God change your life? How would things begin to change and move around you? What would your commitment start to look like? And so today, I want to celebrate that you've made your first decision on the first Sunday, and you're here for day one. Come on, somebody. We got 51 left to go. And you can say that two ways. We got 51 left to go. Are you, are you say, we get 51 more Sundays. Come on. Isn't that good? Well, man, I'm excited. We're kicking off a brand new series uh, called It's Time. You saw the video, and, and I'm just excited. I don't know. I'm a little amped up this morning. I don't normally get a kind of giddy. I'm usually pretty even keel with my emotions, but I kind of woke up bouncing off the floor this morning and just excited. I got a lot of expectation in me for this year, and, and I'm not just saying that to try to pump you up today. I really do. I really feel something in my heart. I feel some expectation, like God's going to do some incredible things this year. And I know we say that every year, but I, and I, I can't justify it. I just really feel that this morning. And so I'm excited to be at church with you today. And glad to be here. So we're going to kick off this brand new series, and today's message is titled, The Light is Green. The Light is Green. How many of you have ever been right here on 190 in these big wide turning lanes that we have, and you've come this direction, and you got to this light right here, and you wanted to go left down the side of the graveyard? How many of you have tried to take that left? That's a pretty agitating left. But you got plenty of space. You know, nobody's going to rip your mirrors off. Uh, anything like that, and, and how many of you have ever kind of like got in there, and you're like, okay, come on, let's go, and, and like, it, there's somebody in front of you. I always get nervous when there's somebody in front of me. I don't know, am I the only one? Because like, they don't master the red light like I do, <laughs> and so it's pretty frustrating when the light or the arrow goes green, and, or it's clear, and they don't go, right? What do you do? What do you do? I'm going to tell you what I do, but you don't have time to tell me what you do. I usually try to be a good Christian and give them a little beep, beep. I don't know how you make the sound difference in your car or your truck. I mean, I guess it's how, you, how long you hold the horn. But sometimes I just want to go beep, beep. But most of the time, can I just tell you what I want to do? Can I just be real honest this morning in church? I want to go bam, bam. I want to roll the window down. Go! Pray for me. My wife will tell you, I'm the master of the four-way stop. If there's four of us in this room and we all get to the stop at the same time, if you're not ready to go, I will go in your turn. <laughs> it's time. It's time to go. I ain't got time to sit here and try to figure out who's going first. I'm gone. Anybody else like that? Please make me feel better. Thank you. Seven of you. Whew, I'm not alone. But today I want to give you a message. I want to bring a message to you that... That really puts that, not maybe my attitude in you of the red light but, or the green light, but a different attitude in you today that, you know what, it's time. The light is green, it's time to go. Maybe 2019 was a year of a bunch of roadblocks for you. Maybe there was a lot of hills you had to climb and you couldn't move like you wanted to move. How about we trust God that today, starting this new year, It'll be a time to go like we've never gone before. So the light's green. It's time to get moving. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9. He said, on the road, someone asked if he could go along. I'll go with you wherever, he said. Jesus was curt, 
Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best ends, you know. <laughs> you see, I, I don't know how you came to Christ. I don't know what somebody preached to you. I don't know if you got this sweet little message that once you give your life to Jesus, everything's going to be smooth sailing and everything's going to be easy. And, and I don't know if you were saved into a prosperity type of gospel. Like when you got saved, all of a sudden gold's going to fall from heaven every day and your bank account will always be full. But listen to me, Jesus did not say that. Jesus said, oh, you want to follow me? Okay, are you sure you want to follow me? Yeah. We're not staying in the best ends. He goes on to say, follow me, he said. And then one guy says, certainly, but first excuse me for a couple days, please. I have to make arrangements for, for, for my father's funeral. Jesus refused. First things first, he says, your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. Then another said, I'm ready to follow you, master, but first excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. Jesus said, no procrastination. No backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. You see Jesus' attitude about our time on this planet? He knows it's but a vapor. He knows it's short. He said, listen to me. Your, your business is not death. Your business is life. We're in the business of life, not death. Now, we would all agree that there's things that need to die, right? But those things die so that we can produce more life. Some of us are looking for the easy road. You know, the world we live in today is trying to make everything easy. Can you believe, I mean, think about this for a minute. Can you believe you can go on your phone, pull up walmart.com, grocery shop, I would say in your pajamas, but some people go to Walmart in their pajamas anyway, so that's not new. But, but you can like grocery shop and from your sofa, and you can get all your groceries lined up, hit submit, and then pull up at Walmart, and people come out, and they put the groceries in your car. Amen. You see? You see what I'm talking about? I knew somebody was going to take the hook. But to even, to the, in the, even in today's society, we're trying to make things easier and easier. And listen to me, I'm all about making things easier or more simple or more practical. But listen to me, sometimes it puts us in this position where we start to expect life to be easy. We start to expect Christianity to be easy. I wonder if, they, if you could pull a number on how many people actually fall out of Christianity because they realize this is hard. This is difficult. I mean, like, I had no trouble before I made my decision and raised my hand in church. Like, after I raised my hand and Pastor Jamie prayed that prayer, it's like I'm cursed now. Sometimes Christianity can feel that way. Jesus never said it would be easy. So we brought in the new year. I hope you had a great time. I hope you didn't do anything you would regret. Most of the people I talked to this morning was in bed before the new year came. I rested my way into the new year. Come on. Ain't got time for that no more. That hurts the next day. <laughs> but how many of you know the new year song? That ba 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 ba. You know that song? I'm not going to sing it for you because I would just ruin it. But that, that song is called Aud Audla Sing. How do you say it? That sounds like all anxiety. 
Uh, <laughs> all anxiety is gone. <laughs> no. But the, but that song means this. It says, should old acquaintances be forgotten? It talks about leaving things in 2019 and expecting God to do new things in 2020. And the Bible has a theme that's very similar to that. He talks about, and the Bible constantly talks about how we need to let old things die and let God bring some new things into our lives. I mean, you'd be interested in hearing what God has to say about that. So, so what if God is telling us today through his Bible that we need to move on from old history? What if it's time to clear the history? What if it's time to erase some of your mistakes from last year? Maybe some of your bad decisions. Maybe some of your bad actions. Maybe some disappointments. Maybe some things that you got hurt in. What if today you need to just move on past those things? Leave it in 19. 20's a fresh start. Move on from old history. Isaiah said, said it this way. He said, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We need to move on from old history. The second thing I believe the Bible tells us is that we need to move on from old habits. How many of you would say, I got a truckload of habits I need to leave in 19. Come on, somebody. Let's just get real this morning. Okay, two of y'all are being honest with me today. I got some old habits. How many of you would say, you don't have to raise your hand, but you picked up some bad habits this year? And I'm not talking about major things, maybe some simple things. Just some bad habits. We need to move on from old habits. Sometimes we allow too much stuff in our life. Maybe you overcommitted yourself this past year and you formed the habit of saying yes to everything. Maybe there were some addictions. Maybe you got addicted to your phone and social media. Maybe you got addicted to certain foods, TV shows, binge watching Netflix. Come on, somebody. You got, you got addicted to Disney Plus. Watch out now. But I hadn't seen that movie in 10 years. You picked up some bad habits. What do we do about bad habits? You see, bad habits have to die. You can't, you can't form new habits with the old habits in hand. One habit needs to die so that you can form new habits. Amen? What if you took this next 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're going to launch next week, and you say, you know what, I'm going to go after God like never before. I'm going to take 21 days and push the world back, and these old habits, I'm going to push them to the side. I'm not going to touch them. I'm not going to dwell in them. I'm not going to mess with them. I'm going to let them die for 21 days, and I'm going to get closer to God than ever before. And that thing that I got addicted to, and the reason I got addicted to it, because there was a void in my life, that void is meant to be filled by God. So for 21 days, I'm going to push that thing back and let God fill the void what if we decided to do that what would it be like because you see fasting is not punishing yourself it's separating yourself from the thing that mastered you and saying God I need a new master I need you to be my master Isaiah said it this way it is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke that's fasting 
Sounds to me like the Bible is telling us also to move on from old hurts. It happened. It happened. Can we start trusting God to move forward? I used to be prideful and arrogant enough to say, you just need to build a bridge and get over it. Until I went through some stuff myself and I realized that bridge, you can't get over that bridge that easy. Sometimes there's things that we can walk across a bridge and get over it. But most of the time, there's some things that are deeper and need a more concentrated work that God wants to do in us. And there's things that need to happen, but we still need to move past them. Maybe your decision to move past it is a decision to finally reach out for help. Maybe it's time to come out of the closet and say, you know what? I'm hurt. I'm wounded. It's been holding me back. I've been holding my tongue. I've been faking it, trying to make it, but I realize I'm not going to make it. What if your decision to move past some old hurts is to reach out and get some help like you've never reached out for before? Our churches, the three campuses in Jennings, Eunice, and Crowley, we do a ton of counseling. As pastors, we handle everything that we can, and then we outsource it, mostly to Harmony House, to to get some help. Why? Because people need help. Because we care about people. I just don't want to see you smile on Sunday and know that you're dying Monday through Saturday. I want you to live with a real joy in your heart. Amen? What if it's time to move from old hurts? What if it's time to get unstuck? 2 Corinthians 5.17, listen to what Paul says. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Say, I'm new. The old is gone. A new life, watch this, has begun. It's started. That doesn't mean that it's finished. I wish I could tell you that instantaneously when you got saved, you became brand new. That's not how it works. You are being made new. You're a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Your new life has begun, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. That word reconcile means to bring the balance back to zero. What would life be like if we submitted and surrendered to God and say, Lord, would you just bring the balance back to zero? Can I just come back to a place where it's me and you? Can I come back to a place like I just got saved last night? Would you reconcile me? What if the greatest prayer you pray this year is, Lord, reconcile me. Bring me back. Here's the truth. You can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. What if today we flip the page and we see what's in the next chapter? What if today we we decide to trust God for something new? Let the old be gone and trust him for something new. So what do we do? Well, there's a power in your life to change. John the Baptist and Jesus preached the same message, a very simple message God didn't make it too complicated for us to understand. Very simple message. It was this. It was repent for the kingdom of heaven 
is near. John the Baptist preached it, and Jesus preached it. What was the message? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Repent means to change. It means to change your mind, change your thinking, change your direction, maybe even change your actions. Some of you today, you need to change your perspective. You need to ask God to give you a new perspective because you're seeing life through a certain lens that it's cloudy and it's not accurate. You need a new prescription. Repent means to change. It means I've been living life going in this direction. To repent means I turn around and I change my direction and I'm going somewheres that I haven't been yet. To repent. Jesus said to repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. But you see, repent gets a negative, it gets a negative vibe sometimes, right? Sometimes we hear the word repent and we automatically feel bad. We got to Oh, man, we're going to repent. Listen to me. Repent is not a negative word. Repent is a positive word. What if you looked at it this way? I was going this way. I was blind. I couldn't see. God told me you're going the wrong way, and he gave me an opportunity to repent. I get to repent, and I get to go a different direction. What if we saw repentance different? What if we say I get to change? I get to leave the past there and experience new things. I get to repent. I get a chance to change my direction. How many people out here that don't know Jesus don't get a chance to change? We get to change, and we think that repentance is a negative term. It's positive. But the problem is, is we're the kings of our own kingdom, aren't we? Mm. Come on, we got lordship issues. When we met Jesus, we said, you're the Lord of my life. And the next day, we took it back. I got it. I'll I'll give it to you when you need it. But the kingdom of heaven says to repent and make Jesus the new king of your life. I know this for me as a Christian, not even a pastor, but as a Christian, I have to constantly crucify this flesh of mine and crucify myself and take myself off the throne and put Jesus back on the throne. It's a constant struggle because I like to be in control. That's why I'm the master of the four-way stop. I don't want somebody else controlling my time. Confession's good. Then he says this, that the kingdom of heaven has come near. What does that mean? That means the kingdom, think about this, the kingdom of heaven has come near to you. He says to repent, to turn your direction and go a different direction because the kingdom of heaven has come near. What does that mean? That means simply this, that God's not too far away. And it's not going to be too hard for you to experience the life that he promised you. He's not too far. It's not too hard. You can make it. You can do it. His Holy Spirit's here to help you. He's coming alongside you. That's called grace. He's giving you supernatural favor and help when you need it to walk out this abundant life that he's promised to us. He's near. That's why we don't live by our feelings. Like Cole said this morning, sometimes we feel like God is far away. He's not far away just because you feel like it. He's near to us, the Bible says. 
So it's time to make a change. Let's look at four ways we can change some things in our lives. Number one, it's time to get closer to God. How many of you would agree with that? Hey, listen, I love God, and I know all of you love God. But can you, would you agree with me this morning that we could all get a little bit closer to God? That maybe I could just push a few more things out the way and spend a little bit more time and give a little bit more space for God to move in my life and get a little closer to him? It's time for us to get closer What if you decide to take this 21 days of prayer and fasting and go harder after God than you've ever gone before? Can I just be honest with you for a second? Because I've been lying up to this point. I don't know why I always say that. Can I be honest with you? I mean, anyway, I have not been lying to you. My name is Jamie. I try to tell the truth. I've, I've gone into some 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I'll just be real honest with you. I haven't felt it. I've walked into some of them and just kind of went through the motions. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know, babe. I don't know. Well, I need to know. I've got to go grocery shopping. Are you doing this big crazy fast and you're not eating and then you're going to be hangry for 21 days? Like, we're going to fast you. <laughs> you know it's true. But there's been times I've just not dug in and there's been times that I've just kind of went through the motions But I realize more than ever that the reason we do 21 days of prayer and fasting collectively is because it's powerful and because God moves in mighty ways and we get to share stories of all that God's done. And it's important for every one of us to push in and press in like never before. Every person in this room can get a little bit closer to God. Every one of you can get closer to God. Listen to what God says. In James 4, 8, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. You need to ask yourself a very honest question. Is my loyalty to God divided right now? Is it divided? Don't lie to yourself. Because what this verse says is that if you'll recognize that, if you'll admit that, and if you'll come close to me, I'll come close to you. That's the good thing about God is he loves to be close to us. He loves it when we make the first move. What happens if we go out, out after God? He always meets us there. Because you see, here's the truth. If you want something you've never had, you need to do something you've never done. If you want something you've never had, you need to do something you've never done. If you want a better marriage, you need to be nice instead of being mean. You need to start speaking the truth in love and not in fuss. Come on, somebody. Got quiet on me all of a sudden. I was preaching good until I brought up marriage. What would life look like if you spent the next 52 Sundays, 51 Sundays in church? What would it look like if you took 21 days of prayer and fasting and you went after God like never before? What would it look like if you joined a life group and committed to stay in it all the way to the end? What would your life look like? It's time to get closer to God. Number two, it's time to get honest with a friend. I love my church. 
I love every one of you. But can I just be honest with you? And I'm going to try to say this in as much love as I can. Some of you are Han Solo. You're going through life solo. You're doing it all by yourself. You're not connecting to anybody. Yes, we still have people like that in this church. They kind of got this thing on. I'm like, no, I'll let you. I'll be cordial to you. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Good to see you. Yes, I'm doing good. But won't sign up for a life group. Won't join a life group. Won't commit to a life group. Won't let anybody get close enough. Won't trust anybody. Listen, I know. Listen, most of us have been hurt. I get it. Trust can be a hard thing. But we're living life solo. But that's not God's plan for us. It's not his plan for us to live solo. It's not his plan for us to live isolated. People that are isolated eventually die. Some kind of a death, they die. Well, I don't like people. Well, that's okay. People don't like you. But they put up with you. And they're trying to love you. I'm just saying what y'all thinking. God designed us for accountability. And you need someone to take the journey with you. I've got about three or four friends in my life that I can go to with anything. Anything. I can go to them with my deepest, darkest secrets, and I know that they won't judge me. I know that they won't run away from me. I know that they'll be there for me. They'll encourage me. They'll they'll correct me if I need it, but they'll tell me the truth, and they'll believe God for me. And I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't be this far if I would not have those relationships. But that's designed for every one of us. Some of you got great relationships with people outside the church, but I'm sorry, baby, that's not spiritual. (laughs) You need somebody with some Jesus in them. You need somebody with some Holy Spirit in them. You need somebody that actually loves you for who you are and not for what they can get from you. You need somebody that has your best interest in mind. You need somebody that can walk up in your house, open the refrigerator, and get something out and eat it. You need somebody that doesn't have to ask permission. That's the truth. And all of us need that. What if the very thing you need right now is in a person that you're refusing to connect with? What if God put a gift in someone, a talent in someone, a measure of empathy in someone, an understanding in someone that you've never come across before, but because you're so isolated, you don't get to get that from them. And that gift was given by God to them to give to you. And then we want to say God's hurting us. We want to say the devil's hurting us. No, man, you're hurting yourself. You're isolating yourself. You're refusing to get connected. You're refusing to get involved. You're refusing to trust people. I love you. I just want you connected. That's why we're a church of life groups. Because let's just be real honest. Sunday mornings or for us to come together and collectively worship God and send as much praise up to heaven as we can and experience his presence, get an encouraging word from God on a Sunday morning all together. This is church. But where real life happens is in life groups. 
It's when you break this whole church down into smaller little groups and people can start to get real and honest and open with each other. It's a, it's a community of trust that what goes on here doesn't leave here. And if it ever leaves here, Pastor Jamie's going to come in in bouncer mode. Come on, somebody. By the way, we're launching life groups February the 9th. You might ought to mark your calendar. You saw what I did there? Here's some truth for you. When you admit your struggles to someone else, most of us finally end up admitting them to ourselves. Sometimes you're, you're just one simple decision away from some real change in your life. What if your decision to change your life is to get next to somebody or to get with somebody that you trust and you go, I'm struggling here. You know what you've just done in that moment? You've accepted what you're struggling in and you've realized it is a struggle. There's been times that I've confessed things either to my wife or those friends I was telling you about. And in that moment of confessing it to somebody, it's like it became real to me. You know what that did? That opened up the door for God to bring healing into my life. Because this is what James said. He said to confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confession and prayer. Yeah, but I'm good, Pastor. You know, me and God, we tight. We good. I got this. You know, I, I tried that friend thing already and, and I got burned. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that somebody broke trust with you. But can we try again? Because I don't know about you, the first time I burned my hand on the stove, I didn't quit going to the stove. I mean, <laughs> I learned how to trust again. Come on, somebody. My life depends on it. So does your spiritual life. If you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go with others. Do you have somebody that you can confess your sins to? You need to answer that question for yourself. And if you do, is it just one person? Because how many of you know sometimes that person don't pick up the phone? <laughs> so it's time to get honest with a friend. Number three, it's time to get in tune with my purpose and my passion. Listen to what Paul said in Galatians. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. What does that mean? Test means that you need to discover who you really are. You know, every one of us has a responsibility to discover the purpose that God has put in our lives, to discover the gifts and talents that God has given us. Why? Because we have a greater purpose than going to work, receiving a check, raising kids, sending them off to school and retiring. We have a greater purpose than that. Our purpose is to reconcile others back to God. We have a purpose, a, a, a ministry of, reconcili of reconciliation. It's where we're reconciling, bringing people back to God. That's our mission for the planet. It's to bring people back to God. It's not to work. It's not to get a paycheck. It's not to raise kids. It's not to one day die and say, oh, it was a good life. Our mission is to bring people back. And every one of us does it differently. Because every one of us has a different gift and a talent and a different purpose. 
But we have a responsibility to discover that. Amen? Don't go through life. Grow through life. We want to help you discover your purpose. You can sign up for Next Step. Next Step, we actually spend time with you almost one-on-one and give you an opportunity. You take a a personality test. You'll you'll take a spiritual gifts test. We'll interview you, help you to try to understand this gift that God's given you, and then we'll give you an opportunity to serve in the church so that you can begin to develop that gift. That's called Next Step. It's not our employment process. It's our purpose-discovering process. Thank you for all those amens. (laughs) Last one. It's time to do something greater than myself. Because if you're at least in your 40s or older by now, you should be realizing that this money-making thing, this getting a house and a mule and 40 acres was just a pipe dream. Maybe you're starting to realize that this world isn't what you thought it was going to be and this whole time you've been fighting to get it and you're finally starting to get it and you're going, this ain't what I thought it was going to be. Do you realize that's not where joy comes from? Joy doesn't come when the LSU wins. I feel some resistance. It doesn't even come when the saints win. Real joy... You might think that's joy, but listen to me. Real joy is when God puts his hand on you and he uses you to help reach somebody else's life and a yoke is broken off of them or freedom's brought into their life. You want to talk about joy? That's real joy. So what if LSU wins? So what if Drew Brees breaks everybody's records? God just used me to change somebody else's life. I was used to make a difference in somebody else's life. That's where real joy comes from. Listen, I celebrate when LSU wins. Woo! I celebrate when the Saints win. Yes! I was celebrating when the Pats lost last night. Yes! (laughs) But I know where real joy comes from. It's when you walk out of a moment. Listen to me. It's when you walk out of a moment where God anointed you. He anointed the talent and the gift in you. For that specific situation and that specific person. And you didn't even know what you were saying. You didn't even know what you were doing. But you were sitting in a moment with somebody going through a crisis. And God gave you the words to say. And he gave you empathy that you didn't possess on your own. And you saw real life change happen in that person's life. You've seen a revelation come to them. You see an enlightenment happen to them. Maybe the, a, a lie was broken. Something happened. My prayer for you today is that every one of you would experience that. Because I promise you, when you experience that, you put Drew Brees on the shelf. You put Joe Burrow on the shelf. Those guys just chase a piece of pigskin. That's all they chase. Real joy is when Jesus changes somebody else's life, and I get to share in that moment. It's when my life gets to be used to make a difference in somebody else's. Listen to what Paul said. God creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does. The good work that he's gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. What did he say? He said it's good work. But it's going to take work. 
You know, sometimes the work is just dying to yourself. Sometimes the work is just doing what you feel the Holy Spirit telling you to do. It's a good work. I can't go back and change the beginning. But I can start where I am today. And I can change the ending. So I want you to hear this. What if today we just set a a stone in the ground and said, you know what, up to this point, I haven't done everything just right. Up to this point, I haven't really lived for God much. I've just kind of played like a Christian. I had me some hell insurance. What if today you set a stone like, like Abraham did when he set up an altar on a piece of ground and you say, you know what, today... I can't change what's on the other side of this stone, but everything that happens on this side of this stone is going to have a lot to do with my ending. I can't change my beginning, but I can change my ending. What if we made a decision today? What if it's just to start praying together? What if it's just to start praying? Maybe your best decision today, right here in this moment, is just to open your hands and say to God, I surrender. I surrender again. I give up. I trust you. I want to be closer to you. I want to be used by you. What if we decided that today... It's time. Today is time. Let's pray. Bow your heads with me. I want you to close your eyes. We use these moments as private moments to to give every individual a, a chance to make a decision today. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can be saved. You don't need to wonder if God will one day save you. Today's the day. You see, God is so full of grace that He doesn't make it complicated. It's as simple as ABC it's A, you admit that you're a sinner and that you've fallen short of God's glory. B, is you believe that what Christ did on the cross was more than enough and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And then C, is to simply confess that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And if you do that today, let me just tell you something, you're going to have to do it every day. Because every one of us has to do that every day. I confess today that Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. So if that's you today and you want to give your life to Jesus, nobody's looking around. It's a very private moment. Just slip your hand up real quick. Slip your hand up real quick. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Got two. Three. Anybody else? Today. Today. You don't have to walk out of here without making a decision. You can make that decision today. I've got three. So let's pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. 
I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe that you faced hell for me so I would not have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Clap, church. Come on. If you made that decision today to give your life to Jesus, we would kindly ask you to take this Connect card. This is real important. Take take this Connect card, and on here, you'll see uh, I I have decided, or today I've decided, and, and you got two choices. I committed my life to Christ or I recommitted my life to Christ. If you'll just put your name and your number and check off one of those boxes, if you raised your hand today, and just put that in the offering basket for us, we would greatly appreciate it. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to contact you, help you in your new journey. We'd love to resource you and give you some things and tools that you might need to walk out this new life that God has for you. And we celebrate with you today. We're excited for what God's done today. Amen? How many of you ready to give? Come on. First tithe of 2020. Come on, you ought to be excited. Maybe your excitement is, Lord, I got something to give. (laughs) So, Father, today we ask you to bless this gift and bless those that are giving it. We love you and we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. What an awesome service, guys. That was awesome. i got a few announcements to make. Um, again, we ask that every time y'all come, make sure y'all check in on Facebook. Let everybody know that you were here. Um, just by letting some strangers know on Facebook just could help bring people to church. Um, the men's life group is starting back up again this Tuesday. Uh, there's some amazing things that are going on in this men's life group. And we just ask that all you men, if you want to come join, it will be held right here in the back building. So, next step is held on the first two Sundays of each month during the 1045 service. So, right after this service, we'll have a next step if you want to join in on that. Um, Monday, January 13th, we begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting. February 1st, we have our men's supper. February 9th, life group. Spring semester is being launched. Like Pastor Jamie said, we're a life group church. So, if you haven't joined one, please do. Great things are going to be happening in 2020 for all of us. Um, After service, also our prayer team will be up here in the front. If anybody in here needs a little bit of prayer, has a prayer request, we'll all be up here. Y'all just feel free to come up and we'll pray for you. Everybody's ready for 2020? All right. Let me pray for y'all. If y'all don't mind, stand with me. God, we thank you for today's message. We thank you for speaking to all of us today. I pray you bless us, each and every single person in this room as they walk out today. I pray you would be favorable to them and you may be gracious to them as well. God, we pray that we hear your voice throughout this week. We take this message as we go out this week. We just ask God that 
move mightily through each person in here. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey, we love you. We thank you. God bless.